Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. (laughs) A session has already started last Wednesday on January the 3rd. Our legislative session started and um, gosh, it was such a wonderful day. We opened up the day um, doing worship and prayer in the rotunda at the Capitol. So uh, we invited a worship team from St. Louis and um, opened the invitation to anybody who wanted to attend to come in and to give the Lord the first fruits of our thoughts and our prayers as this new year and new legislation, um, new legislative session gets started. And it was just a really sweet, sweet time in the Lord. I, I hope that um, you'll be able to join us Um, for one of the other gatherings that we do. Uh, We called the event The Gathering because the Lord really impressed upon me last session that we needed to gather the believers. And, you know, in the Old Testament, um, when the Israelites went out to war, they always sent out the worshipers first. And we did do some worshiping last session, but we kept it private just in a Senate office. Senator Jill Carter was wonderful to allow us to use her office to host. Uh, But this year we decided to bring that same really intimate time of worship out into the rotunda and invite the rest of you to join us. So that's what we did. And we are going to be doing that again and again and again. We're going to do it once a month in the rotunda, or at least that's my plan to do it in the rotunda in February. Definitely it will be in the rotunda February 8th. It's a Thursday, so put it on your calendars. Plan to be here if you can. I think you'll be really blessed for it. Um, We worship and pray, pray over legislators who come to join us. And it was just a really amazing, sweet time. And then you have time afterward or before if you want to do it before. But um, we would really encourage you if you come to also take time to get out into the hallways at the Capitol and meet your legislators, meet your senator and your representative. Let them know that you're in the building and just offer them your encouragement and offer them your prayers. Um, Even their staff is generally very welcoming and um, appreciative of those offers of prayer. And you will oftentimes have opportunity to pray right there in their offices um, while you're there. And it's just um, a really wonderful thing um, for them to be encouraged. You know, I don't know what your professions are or uh, what your experiences are, but I was a classroom teacher back in the day when I was working full time. And oftentimes, you know, parents drop kids off at the school and they just assume that everything's fine and they really don't have a lot of interaction with the teachers, with the school. 
And um, that's the same type of thing that's happening with our legislators at the Capitol. Oftentimes, they really don't hear much of anything except the complaints and all the things they do wrong. So we want to make sure that we're making an effort to be there to support, encourage, and pray and uh, really support them in a positive way. So that's what the gathering is all about, just to honor and give thanks and praise to the Lord and honor him in these battles that we are fighting for our culture and to give you an opportunity to build relationship with your legislators and then others as well as the Lord leads you to. So that was an amazing start to our um, session for us this year, and we're hoping that you'll join us um, at one of these future events. But my goodness, there has been a lot of things happening, and um, I'm going to do my best to keep this podcast short and um, to give you kind of a nugget of just what I feel like is the most important thing that's going on right now, give you an action step to take if you are wanting to, you know, start letting your voice be heard and getting involved. And um, then hopefully I'll be back here very soon and it won't be quite as long before you get another update. So be sure that you do subscribe because schedules can be, um, as you very well know by now, um, unpredictable. And so um, if you subscribe, you'll just be sure not to miss anything when it comes out. So, okay. Um, I don't know if y'all are subscribed to my blog, but you definitely need to. I have put up a couple of blogs in the last week or so and really tried to um, put on the blog the things that we've been talking about here on the podcast in regard to the 2023 session and um, really the way that they're going about legislating it. It's really no different than Pelosi legislated in Washington, where we're waiting until the end of the session, the last couple of weeks, to shove all of these things through. Instead of passing things along the way, they hold them close to their chest because as soon as they pass, then they can't use them for leverage anymore. So there's great strategy in that. But um, it's not the ben- for the benefit of the people. It's really for the benefit of the lobbyists. And um, so what happens is they end up waiting until the last couple of weeks of session. They cram everything through on these ginormous bills because they're loading these bills up so full Um, then everybody can be happy with them because everybody has something in them. Um, There's Democrat language in these bills. There's Republican language in these bills. There's lots of pork in these bills. There's, of course, a whole ton of lobbyist sludge in these bills. Everybody's happy because everybody's getting what they want. Everybody then votes yes. So what we saw, and I put this graphic on the blog, and I'll link the blog in the show notes, but what we saw is that 80% of the time in our state legislature last session, they were all voting together, the Democrats and the Republicans. And um, that's happening because of these omnibus bills. Now, the other downside about these omnibus bills is that they're so big, nobody's reading them. And that's just the fact of the matter. And we could argue if leadership wants to argue with me about that, then that's fine. But they're not being read. That's the that's just the fact of the matter. And um, so they're passing bills that they haven't read. And inside these bills are really um, detrimental things. So here we have a Republican supermajority. We've got Republican majority in the House, Republican majority in the Senate. We've got all these Republican executives, and yet we can't seem to really get anything that's super Republican done. And I would say it's not even conservative what I'm talking about. We're just talking about Republican principles and Republican values. Um, But they're passing so much uh, junk and, frankly, just crap in these um, omnibus bills that 
you would just be astounded. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to some of these past podcasts and catch up on the blog. Um, and I talk about some of those details. But suffice it to say, the crap they're passing isn't the stuff that you really want them to be getting done. What we need for them to do is stop and read the bills. These omnibus bills are unconstitutional in the first place. They shouldn't be passing them like they are now. You know, if you ask them, they'll say, yeah, but we have court precedent that sometimes this is okay. Yeah, you do. They do. Sometimes, sometimes it's okay. They can and they are allowed to. um, Court precedent has said they can change the title of the bill. They can open it up. But still, the contents of the bill is supposed to stay germane or stay in line with the original intent of the bill. So I'll just give you one example. It's probably the most egregious example that I found um, in uh, from last session. I believe the number was 186, Senate Bill 186. It was uh, sponsored by Senator Justin Brown, and the original intent of the bill was a $6 highway patrol fee. It was less than one page. It addressed one specific thing. And that thing was one $6 fee at the highway patrol. So the title of that original bill was having to or pertaining to highway patrol fees. Perfect. Wonderful. I don't have any qualms about the fee. Um, from what I understand, the fee is well justified and it's for work that the patrol does, uh, you know, when somebody requests information or something. So that's fine. No big deal. But what happens is we open up the title, Senator Brown opened up the title from having to do or pertaining to highway patrol fees, and he changed it to pertaining to public safety. Well, folks, that's an incredible difference. Highway patrol fees is very specific. Uh, Public safety, on the other hand, is about as vague as you can get. In fact, you could make the argument that Everything they do in the legislature, in fact, has to do with public safety. It's why they're there. Um, The biggest reason why they're there is to protect our rights. And um, so it's just that was a ridiculous rule change, unconstitutional. And that bill changed from having one subject being less than a page or just one page long, which is so short, just like a paragraph. That bill changed to being um, many, many, many pages, and it included 43 subjects. Now, I'm going to pull this up really quick because I've actually got it here on a list, and I'm just going to tell you what some of these subjects are so that you can see that they are nothing near highway patrol fees. So the original intent of the bill was highway, highway patrol fees. And it ended up including sections or pieces of language that had to do with sheriff's retirement, uh, missing foster children, the ratback program. Um, It even had pieces of language that had to do with emergency uh, dispatchers, compensation for peace officers, um, background checks on marijuana facilities, medical sales tax. Uh, Peer counseling, again, another section on missing children, and the list goes on and on. I could literally keep going. There's 43 different subjects in this bill. That was an omnibus bill. It's unconstitutional, and yet the majority of them, if not all of them, voted yes. 
So um, what we have happening here is a real problem and it needs to be changed. And so one of the things that's happened of uh, this session that we didn't have last session is that there is a new caucus in town. And that caucus is called the Missouri Freedom Caucus. Uh, we'll talk about the details of the caucus later, but they are affiliated with a national level caucus. And um, they are more uh, Republican senators. I would say the senators who really want to stand on the Republican platform have um, organized this caucus uh, to try to do some of these things, to actually try to work together, to have some common goals, and that they would stand for and try to defend our Constitution and stand up for the Republican platform. Now, it's a brand new caucus, and I'll just tell you this, I'm hopeful and I'm prayerful that it will be a positive thing. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody in this caucus just gets to free-for-all and we're not going to pay attention to what they're doing. In fact, that's far from the case. So if, in fact, it doesn't turn out to be that they're defending the Constitution and um, standing up for the platform, then we will definitely let you know. But as the session is getting started, it looks really promising. The first thing that they've tried to do through Senator Eigel is to make a Senate rule change, and it is desperately needed. Uh, what he's asking is that there would be a 48-hour window on these big amended bills, these Senate substitutes. Um, if you know a lot about the process, you know they drop a substitute. That substitute um, can include new language. It can include language from a bunch of other bills like SB 186 did. Um, it can just basically include whatever the handler or the sponsor wants it to say. And oftentimes they'll drop the substitute and then a vote will be required just minutes, literally minutes after the substitute has dropped. Now, the the unfortunate thing about those Senate substitutes is that they are not available to be read prior to their drop. Um, they, they literally get introduced on the floor uh, during um, the process and a senator will say, you know, Mr. President, I have a substitute. And so that substitute is um, delivered to all of the other senators right there in that moment to their desk on the chamber floor. And then oftentimes the the uh, sponsor of the bill will give a two-minute elevator speech about the bill. And, of course, he's going to tell you all the things you want to know or all the things that everybody's happy about or all the things that are not controversial in the very least. And um, then oftentimes there's a vote right then and there. And so they're voting on some ginormous omnibus bill that has just been dropped on their desk. They've never read, but they know that there's a certain piece of language in it or um, they know a little bit about it. They know just tiny bits and pieces, but they haven't read the whole thing. And um, then so there's a vote taken. Well, folks, I don't know about you, but I want my, my legislators to read the bills. Um, when I'm the one reading the bills after a session is over or a friend of mine uh, is reading the bills after a session is already over, these bills have already passed and they're already at the governor's office, then uh, we've got our cart before the horse. That's the wrong order. Uh, we need to be reading the bills first and then voting on them to decide what needs to go to the governor's office. And um, so the Freedom Caucus has, through Bill Eigel, has put forth a rule change, um, a, an amendment to the rules. And that rule change re would require a 48, well, I shouldn't say 48 hour, but a, two, uh, a time period, a time window of 
two legislative days between the time they would drop one of those substitutes or um, drop of, you know, big amendment changes to the time that they would vote. So that would give them two legislative days to actually read the bill. Now, if you pile up a bunch of those all at one time, you're still not going to be able to read them. If you've got 15 of these things to read in two days, they're not going to get read. There's not enough time to read them in that situation. But um, at least giving them a 48-hour window to read the bill is a step in the right direction. At least in 48 hours, they could delegate some of the work to their staff. They could find some help and um, they could at least uh, make some headway, even if there was a group of bills that needed to be read inside that 48 hours. Then you could more um, appropriately hold them very accountable to their votes. Right now, the only accountability to the vote you have is to just say, listen, if you haven't read the bill, you need to vote no. Uh, that's just standard procedure. If you don't know the bill, you haven't read the bill, you don't know, you haven't read all the lines of the bills, then you vote no, because the devil is in the details. The devil is in the part that people are trying to hide. And um, if you're going to protect the people, uphold the con con Constitution, and actually protect the rights of the people, then we need for you to read the bills. And if you don't read the bills, then you vote no. Or if it's an unconstitutional omnibus bill in the first place, multi-subjects, uh, not germane to the original intent of the bill, then you vote no because you have made a vow to uphold the Constitution. So until such time as that becomes our standard, folks, we have major problems in our legislature. And it's going to take some really strong Republicans. Um, hopefully some of the Democrats will join them because I don't know, I don't really care what party you're part of. I don't know why you wouldn't want to read the bills. Uh, every citizen in the state should be shouting at the top of their lungs, read the bills and uh, change the process so that that can happen. So uh, what's happening now is on Thursday, Senator Eigel did make this proposal about this 48 hour window or this window of two legislative days. It could be more than 48 hours because if you're talking legislative days and you're at the end of a week, then Thursday would be a legislative day, but then uh, you wouldn't have another legislative day until Monday. So you'd actually have uh, the entire weekend there uh, to read. So that would be awesome that they would have four days to read, read the bills. But um, at any rate, two legislative days, and he put forth that... Um, that amendment to the rules on Thursday, this past Thursday, the second day of session, he did that on January the 4th. And um, I do have a screenshot of that journal page on the blog. So do be sure and go read the blog article. You'll get more details over there if you want them. And I also did load a PDF on the blog that you can download and print that has all of Senator's names, phone numbers, email addresses, office numbers, their leadership role, their district numbers. So a lot of just information about the senators and a really um, concise one-page chart there for you to download. So do be sure and go read the blog. But um, so what we're waiting on now is we're waiting on a vote on that rule change. So the unfortunate thing about all of this is that our Senate leadership is not in agreement that this needs to happen. In fact, um, our majority floor leader is in charge of what comes to the floor for votes and how things function on the floor. 
and right now it seems that she doesn't really want for that to come to the floor and I have heard through the grapevine that she is actually telling the Republicans to vote no if it would come up for a vote. Uh, she doesn't want to see this rule change and um, that's concerning to me. It's very disappointing and um, I would assume you'd probably feel the same way. So what we need to do at this point is to let our majority floor leader know that we want to see that rule change on the floor for a vote. And then we let it, need to let our senator know and the other senators know that we want a yes vote on that rule change. We want for them to change uh, the rule to allow them more time to read the bills. And we want for them to read the bills. Use that time to read the bills. And... Um, so there you go. That's your call to action for the day. And like I said, you can get all the details um, in black and white on the blog. And I'll put the blog in the show notes. Um, I will let you know there's a couple other rule changes that came up yesterday, also offered by Senator Bill Eigel. This, these two rule changes have to do with the budget. And I love these rule changes also. They're super common sense. And so while you're emailing everybody, I would also encourage you um, to have them vote yes on the other two uh, budget related rule changes. The first one is that um, any additional spending, so any line item that would be new spending in the state budget, that that would be voted on individually. Because you see the budget bills are also in essence omnibus bills. There's so much in one bill in the budget and the way it gets presented to the senators is just as one whole bill. They don't have an opportunity to align item uh, vote on any of the content. So they either vote yes or they vote no. Um, but it has to be the way they voted in the past is it's just this whole conglomeration of things and they don't even really know the line items that are in there. They're just voting yes on whatever the Appropriations Committee has come up with. Uh, the budget, we can talk about the budget into the details in a different podcast, but the important part for you is to know that Senator Eigel is asking that when there is new spending, that they're able to look at those lines separately and individually, and that the senators would be able to take an individual vote on each of these items. And folks, I have to say that's just common sense. It's a great step toward more transparency, more honesty, and more accountability on the part of our legislators and the ridiculous spending that Missouri is is doing. So I appreciate Senator Eigel for um, bringing this up. The second rule change that um, he offered in regard to the budget was that if you do bring up an amendment to the budget where you would be spending additional money, that you must also uh, bring up an amendment where you would reduce the same amount in another place. So if you're going to increase spending in one place in the budget, you must also decrease spending in that same amount or more in another part so that guess what wow who would have thought of this that it would remain balanced that's an interesting uh, topic so I think that both of those rule changes are just common sense I would assume that you would agree that we don't need more spending the Republicans are actually supposed to be trying to spend less have less government influence and instead, we have the largest budget that we've ever had in the history of Missouri. And per capita, we're spending more money in Missouri than even the state of California spends. It's incredibly disappointing, especially, like I said, when we have a supermajority of Republicans uh, in our General Assembly. 
So be sure that you do click the link in the show notes. Uh, the links will take you to the blog and the blog has everything in black and white um, and all the specifics there for you to take some action on these rule change issues. And you know, I, these rules aren't bills, they, they're not statute, but the rules and how they um, function in the legislature are so important. And in fact, it's the most important thing we could do to secure uh, the safety and our freedoms for the future. If we didn't pass one bill all year long or even one bill over the next decade, but we reformed and changed the rules so that they were less top-down power structured so that our representatives and our senators had more equal voices and equal representation across the state of the citizens, then um, we would see some amazing things. Um, so this is really, really important. Please do click on the blog, read up, and use your voice. Thank you so much for joining me, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.